Gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be ever pleasing in your sight. You are our strength and our redeemer. <clears throat> Please remain seated. <laughs> Truth or dare? We've all played the game. Were you a truth or a dare person when you were younger? I'm not sure about your friends, but with mine, there was always this massive discrepancy in risk between the truth and the dare. Why would anyone choose dare? I dare you to go stand outside dressed like a cowboy for three hours with a honk if I'm cute sign. Three hours, like a cowboy, with a sign. Or you could go with truth. So, do you have a crush on Molly? I mean, come on, who wouldn't pick truth? Telling the truth was so easy then. Well, our hero in today's gospel is in something of a game of truth or dare. So John 9, we begin with Jesus walking by and healing the man. Interestingly, Jesus doesn't ask, ask the man if he wants to be healed like he does so often. He doesn't give him any terms or conditions to read. He just spits on the ground, makes some mud, and cakes it on the man's eyes. And like that, he's healed. Now, I think something important is going on here. The gospel writer John is certainly calling our attention back to the Genesis story. The Lord God took the dirt from the ground and made humanity. But humanity ate the forbidden fruit, and their eyes were opened, the text says. But really, we know their eyes were closed. They became blind to the love of God and to the love of one another. <clears throat> so here we have Jesus taking dirt from the ground and restoring the sight. This is creation restored. Go wash in the pool, says Jesus. Go get baptized. It's an astonishing scene, and so then the story is full of glories and hallelujahs. People are overjoyed throwing the man a party, right? Wrong. This story is about three verses of healing and 35 verses of grumbling. I was blind, but now I see, says the man. Truth or dare? Truth, he says. What happened to you? I was blind, but now I see. Let's play again. Okay, truth. Who healed you? Jesus. Did I mention I was blind, but now I see? Here is this man who in all simplicity tells the truth about his life. The Pharisees keep throwing theology at him. He doesn't do theology. He just tells the truth. Simple truth-telling. It reminds me of one of my favorite stories that I have to share with you. There was an English miner who had been in the bottle for quite some time who had a dramatic conversion 
at a Wesleyan revival. So greatly changed was his life that some of his work buddies down in the mines were chiding him rather, mercil rather mercilessly at lunch. One day, they asked him in jest, you don't seriously credit that old yarn about Jesus turning water into wine, all that miracle stuff, do you? To which he answered, I know nothing about water and wine, but I know this. In my house, Jesus has turned beer into furniture, and that's a good enough miracle for me. <laughs> I can't say much, but I can say that Jesus healed me. Simple truth-telling. The word of the year, as some of you may know, um, for 2016, according to the Oxford English Dictionary, was post-truth. Post-truth. We don't see things as they are, but only as we wish them to be. Half-truth, no truth, just straight-out lying. In the land of instant information, truth is a vagabond, an outsider. Foxes have holes, the birds of the air have nests, but truth has nowhere to lay its head. Well, I think if the Oxford English Dictionary would have been around in AD 30, post-truth would have been a word then too. The Pharisees, God bless them, or post-truth. And so I take today's gospel as a story about one man's truthfulness in a post-truth world. Telling the truth. It sounds so uncomplicated, doesn't it? Our mother's told us that if we told the truth, we would never get in trouble. Well, I can't speak for yours, but my mama lied. <laughs> Did you punch your sister, Garrett? Did you really say that to her? Uh, yes, Ma, yes I did. Thank you so much for telling the truth, sweetie. Now give me your Game Boy and go to your room for three years. Telling the truth will take you places that you never expected. It landed me in my room without any toys. And it's a lot worse for the healed blind man. The Pharisees cast him out. His family all but disowns him. He is alone. Is that where being a truth teller lands you? Truth or dare? Truth. Are you sure? Well, sign here, someone ought to say as they hand us a pen. This is a waiver stating you know the risk. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, the German pastor and martyr during Hitler's Reich, signed Truth's Waiver. He gave us one of the most famous phrases of the last century when he wrote about costly grace. 
Costly grace is what John 9 is all about. You've got three verses of healing, followed by 35 or so of costly truth-telling. Costly grace is the gospel which must be sought again and again, the gift which must be asked for, the door at which a man or a woman must knock, he writes. Such grace is costly because it calls us to follow. And it is grace because it calls us to follow Jesus. It is costly because it costs a woman or a man their life. It is grace because it gives them the only true life. Bonhoeffer, as some of you know, revolted from the violence of Germany with the Sermon on the Mount. And just when his career was burgeoning in the United States, he gave it up and headed back to Germany to suffer with his country because truth may be a vagabond, but truth doesn't stand at a distance from the plight of the suffering. Just like the healed man in John 9, he was cast out by his post-truth world. He spent the last two years of his life in prison and for me, Bonhoeffer is a living witness of Jesus' phrase, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. For Bonhoeffer, paradoxically, the freedom of truth was crystallized in prison. Bonhoeffer went throughout the German prison, sliding notes about God's faithfulness in the prisoner's back pocket. He was fond of telling people, spread hilaritas, was his phrase. Spread joy. When he looked at Germany and thought there was no spiritual light left, there was a German pastor slipping notes of encouragement into people's pockets. Truth-telling. Sometimes it's nothing more than slipping a note of good cheer into someone's pocket. It's also not a bad image for evangelism, but that's a sermon for another day. Dietrich Bonhoeffer went to the gallows on April 9, 1945, just a few short days before the Allied liberation effort reached him. His last words before he died were perhaps his most truthful. This is the end. But for me, the beginning of life. Dietrich Bonhoeffer told the truth. The healed blind man told the truth. And so can we. Truth or dare? I wonder how our Lord might answer that question. Truth or dare, Jesus? Before we answer that, let's think back to me and my friends playing the game. The huge disparity between the two options. Go look silly or answer a simple little question. Choosing truth is low risk. Choosing dare is senseless. But with Jesus... His truth is his dare. 
he says, I have risked everything. I have emptied myself to tell you the truth about yourself. I have dared my life to tell you the truth that you are loved. Here's the question for us. Will we dare his truth? Will the truth of our lives be given to making his dare, his great loving dare on humanity known? Will we let that dare shape the truth about our life? A life lived in that way might, by grace, be able to look death right in the eye and say, this is the end. But for me, the beginning of life.